Welcome to Art Talk Live. I'm your host, Julia Noyes, from the Noyes Art Gallery. I'm interviewing artists for your listening pleasure. Haven't you ever wondered why artists do what they do or what inspires them? So here we are, live, to give you the inside scoop. Welcome to Art Talk Live. This is Lynette Fast at Noya's Art Gallery. We're so excited that you have joined us again today. I have one of our member artists, Karen Thurlow, with me in the studio today, and I am so excited to share her work with you. She is a longtime uh, regional artist here around Nebraska, well, around the area, and a longtime member of Noya's Art Gallery also. On Art Talk Live, we learn about the life and the work of artists and how they think, what they do. You might find a tip or two, but uh, join us either on Art Talk Live with appreciation of KZUM for hosting us in our podcast partnership. Remember, you can listen on kzum.org forward slash Art Talk Live at any time and hear the, geez, I think we're probably over a hundred interviews now, or you can also listen in periodically on 89.3 FM. They will play our interviews. Well, welcome to Art Talk Live, Karen. Thank you. I'm really glad you're here today and very excited to share your work with our listeners. Um, we, I, I like to start my interviews by asking each artist what it is that you remember or the moment or what it was like to remember that time when you realized, I think I'm an artist. Well, I don't remember a time I didn't think I was an artist. Yeah. I, I really don't. I've been drawing since I was a small child and and I had a mother who liked to draw. So uh, we spent our time, um, when we had time to play, drawing. And that's kind of what we did. We started out on backs of wallpaper, you know, the kind that didn't have sticky on it. <laughs> and uh, we would just draw a whole story and I, I just don't remember when it wasn't in my life. We lived in an area that was pretty art-starved, I guess you would say. I lived on a farm, and being an artist was certainly not uh, a, an employed job for anybody I knew. But in our household, we loved to draw. So your mother was your biggest influence in the beginning. Well, to start with, yes. She did a lot of sketching. She never really did paint or anything. And her drawings were pretty much uh, sketches of movie stars or pinup girls, that kind of thing. So obviously that's what I started out with, and it was fun. It sounds like you grew up on a farming, in a yes. farming community. Yes. Tell us about your childhood. Well, I grew up on, uh, well, we lived on several farms. My uh, dad was a farmer who did not own his own ground, so 
He rented ground, and so wherever he was renting, we lived. And it was a pretty stark life, but uh, I had a wonderful childhood, and uh, I can't complain whatsoever about that. It was wonderful. Was that here in Nebraska? Yes. I lived down close to Red Cloud, Nebraska, all my growing up years. Okay. And then did you go to small country schools? Yes. Okay. Yes. I went to a one-room school until I was in the ninth grade. Oh. And um, interesting concept. Of course, it's the only thing that I knew growing up, so it seemed quite normal that there could be as many as eight grades in one classroom. Mm -hmm. uh, but very often there were only, oh, maybe not over eight children in the school, and some of them were in the same grade. So that is kind of the way I grew up. Mm -hmm. And actually, until I was in the eighth grade, I did not have a girl my age in my class. I always had boys. So I guess I grew up kind of a little roughneck. <laughs> <laughs> you had to keep up with everybody, huh? Yes. And what kind of experiences were you allowed in school then with art? Uh, very little. Uh, we, in, we had an art class once a week, I think probably on Friday, and it probably was maybe even a couple of hours and uh, but I can't say I learned anything and I got uh, well we didn't get graded but I certainly wasn't uh, one of the kids who got praised for my artwork because our artwork consisted of uh, everyone doing the same picture and the teacher had one that she hung up that she did and uh, it was coloring and she colored it and your assignment was do it like I did and stay in the lines. Well, even back then, uh, staying in the lines was not my forte, so I added things and sometimes what I added got me into trouble because <laughs> at Easter we were doing Easter bunnies and they were bunnies to have clothing on. The girls got girl bunnies, the boys got boy bunnies and you were supposed to put their Easter outfit on them. Well, that's I did that but on my bunny I put cleavage, <laughs> and um, well, I think my mother got a phone call. <laughs> yes. So that was not a good experience. <laughs> yeah. What well, was it like in high school then? You said you went to... I went to a very small high school. I okay. think there were maybe 45 kids in the whole high school, mm -hmm. and we did not have any art at all. And at one point, uh, our school was so small, we were, we had to put some more subjects 
in because we weren't complying with the state rules. And so we had a list of what they might add. And one of them was an art class. I got very excited. Mm -hmm. And they let uh, the school kids pick uh, what they, or vote, I should say, vote on which ones, because they were going to add two more classes. And uh, as it turned out, I and my brother were the only ones who voted for an art class. Oh. So we never had one mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. Well, and, how did you get so far along in art then? Because well, that, that <laughs> background does not show what you do today at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I was a senior, my parents bought me an oil painting set for Christmas. Mm. And so I had this tiny little oil painting set. It probably had three brushes and probably about eight colors. And I, I really didn't have a clue how to use it. In fact, um, I put the oil, I knew that you needed to use turpentine to um, clean your brushes and, and maybe water down your paints. And so the only thing I'd ever really had any experience was with tempera paints. And so I got about six jar lids and put a little color, different color in each one, and then poured in turpentine, mixed it up, and I had this runny paint like watercolor. And my first oil paintings were done that way. And um, I painted on, again, on the back of wallpaper because that seemed to be pretty plentiful. Mm -hmm. And uh, did some paintings that, oh, I thought they were pretty good. But at that time, the only thing that I was drawing or, or painting uh, was people because that's what I learned mm -hmm. from my mother and I couldn't think that there would be anything else. Uh, landscapes sounded boring, and I didn't want to do that. And so I was doing uh, movie stars. And then uh, one day, my dad brought home this Walter Foster book, mm -hmm. which I think if you're an artist, every artist has seen them and uh, probably has had some. And it was on portraits in oil. and. My gosh, I had oil. This was perfect. Well, that's why he brought it. And I'm reading, and I see a palette. And they're squeezing the paint on the palette and showing how to mix it. And then the light bulb went off. Oh, my gosh. That's how you do it. I mean, you can't imagine. Well, we were, I, I knew nothing about art. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so I just was trying things out on my own. Well, that was a good day for me. I learned how to mix paint on a palette. And things kind of looked up after that. And, and um, my dad also brought me a roll of canvas. And he said, I think this is what you're supposed to be painting on. Wow. And so, but I didn't know anything about stretching canvas uh, mm -hmm. back then. As you all can tell, I'm old. And so back then, you stretched your own canvases. You didn't mm -hmm. go into the store and buy a pre-stretch. 
And so anyway, by this book, I found out, well, they ought to be stretched. Well, I didn't have any of those. And so, but I had an old um, breadboard, I think it was. So I whacked out pieces of canvas and tacked it on to the breadboard. Uh-huh. And I did a heck of a lot of portraits that way. Not that they were great, but uh, they weren't too bad, considering I didn't have a clue what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But that was kind of the beginning. Yeah, wow. You did have, even though you feel very limited, your parents were very supportive. Yes, they were, and uh, and I'm very grateful for that. And I was a weird kid. Uh, I liked to just kind of hang out by myself and do my own thing. And I I wasn't horribly social. I, I wanted to be. I, I wanted to be like everybody else, but I really wasn't, so... Mm -hmm. It's amazing I had any friends in high school at all, because I just wanted to go home and paint. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That story sounds similar to me. (laughs) So is that weird kid, that antisocial person who just wants to stay home and paint, is that that still in you now? Yes, (laughs) pretty much, although I have forced myself to be social. Mm Mm-hmm. And to do things with others, mm-hmm. and over the years, I, I, I guess I've accomplished quite a bit in that mm-hmm. line. Yeah, yeah. So well, uh, Karen Thurlow is a very well-known artist around our region, and has mm-hmm. been around the Lincoln area for a long time. Is involved in the Fremont community in arts. Uh, Further than that, that I even know probably, uh, but I do know across the state of Nebraska, uh, very involved in many different arts um, uh, kinds of uh, activities and social environments and also learning communities in with artists. Now, did you have any kind of training in college type era or adult life? Mm-hmm. What would you describe your more formal opportunities as? Well, uh, no. Um, at an early age, I I was going to be an artist. At that time, I didn't say I am an artist. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be an artist. And in the worst way, I wanted to go to school. I, I don't think I thought so much of college, but I want to go to an art school. But uh, my parents did not have the means for that. And to be quite honest, uh, nobody thought going to art school was uh, a way to make a living. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't. And then uh, when I graduated, well, my first job, actually, they came to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I The photographer who took our senior pictures oh. uh, had asked my superintendent, um, do you have any graduating seniors who are artistic or good with their hands? And he said, yes, I have Karen. Oh, and yeah. uh, anyway, uh, try to make it a short story. But I ended up being employed by this photography studio. Mm-hmm. They needed a person to retouch negatives which in that time, which was 1961, 62, all of the, most of the photography work was done in black and white. Mm. And the studio that employed me 
did strictly seniors. Mm. And they needed someone to retouch the negatives. And back then, well, you were doing seniors, and there were a lot of pimples to be <laughs> worked on. And so they t sent me to a little school, I think three or four weeks, and I learned how to do this. Well, I was a little disappointed when they said I was going to be a retoucher. I thought I was going to paint the senior pictures, which they used mm. to do. But I thought, oh, well, okay, it's a job. And, and I actually got very good at it. Mm -hmm. And and I did that with the studio for a, a year or so, I think. In the meantime, I did something I said I wasn't ever going to do. I got married. <laughs> and uh, then uh, shortly thereafter, I, I had a child. And uh, in those days, when you had kids, uh, your job was over and you stayed home and you raised kids. Mm -hmm. So I did that. But my job lent me to do it at home. And I did it at home. And uh, actually probably made more money at home than I did uh, getting a salary at mm -hmm. the studio. But uh, it was still in the back of my head. No, you want to be an artist. And, and so I, I did on my own. I still painted with my little oil paint set and painted paintings and uh, ended up doing some landscapes because when I showed my portraits to people, they said, oh, that's nice. Can you do a landscape? So I thought, well, okay. And I did that, and I took a few classes from uh, that they had at, at schools uh, for senior or for adults, adult education classes. Mm -hmm. And I did that and uh, traveled around a little bit. Whenever I'd see an art class, if I had a little extra money, I would do it. And still didn't feel terribly satisfied because all these classes that I was going to, the instructor would do a picture, mm -hmm. and then you'd do a picture. They'd mm -hmm. paint a little, and you'd paint. And I thought, well, here I am, coloring in the lines again, and I don't want to color in the lines. Mm -hmm. And then finally, I met this artist and took lessons from her, and that was in Fremont. And it was Jean Wellstead, who uh, a lot of artists in Nebraska would recognize that mm -hmm. name. But she taught me how to really be an artist and use my own voice. And it was not easy. It was hard. And she started us out painting still lifes. She said, you need to learn to paint from life. Once you can learn to paint from life, then you, if you want to paint from a picture, you'll know how. And it didn't make a lot of sense to me then. It seemed pretty easy to paint from a picture. But after I painted with her a few years, I got it. Uh-huh. And what she did is she taught me to think for myself and how to paint for myself, not copy what someone else had done. Mm -hmm. And that probably was the aha moment. Yes. And when I started, I've never really had any uh, formal training 
at mm -hmm. all, mm -hmm. but I have taken lots and lots of classes from a lot of very, very good artists, mm -hmm. and that's my education. Mm -hmm. And I've learned from people who have had the formal education, I probably have a better rounded education than they do. Because of so many experiences. Right. In right. fact, I, am I getting too wordy? No, you're great. Uh, <laughs> yes. Anyway, um, at one point, the art teacher in my little town where I live, and she was a home ec teacher, mm -hmm. but she had a minor in art, so they wanted her to teach art. And she said, Karen, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't have the faintest idea how to oil paint. I don't know how to watercolor. I don't know how to do any of this. Mm -hmm. If I came to your place every day in the summer, would you teach me? Wow. And she did, and I did. And this girl, she's retired now, but she taught art probably for 25 years. Wonderful. And was a good one. And I thought, how come she gets paid for this? <laughs> <laughs> there you go, right. But, but anyway, that's pretty much how I started out and yes. what I've done. Yes. So many experiences. Uh, when we come back from this little break here, let's uh, talk some more about some of the important lessons that you've learned along the way with painting. Uh, you really mentioned developing your own voice mm -hmm. and... Um, uh, that that's a real critical piece for an artist. Mm -hmm. Well, this is Lynette Fast, and I'm interviewing Karen Thurlow today on Art Talk Live. And we are so grateful to KZUM for being our podcast partner and allowing us to share with you the lives of artists. And, and just like Karen's story, um, there is so much history in becoming an artist and so many ways of approaching that kind of a career and we want to help you to find your path into art hey uh, don't forget uh, save the date we have art in the garden 2023 coming up on saturday september 9th um, that's at the sunken gardens at 29th and capitol parkway and many of you are probably familiar with our event because oh i think this is our 11th or 12th year i can't remember now for sure but um this year's event is going to be very fun. It's called Magical Mystery Tour. Uh, as many of our events are fun, but uh, I don't know. I guess maybe it's the era that uh, Steve and Alice of uh, the Lincoln Parks and Rec have played with for this uh, garden event. But the Magical Mystery Tour is going to include a lot of uh, Beatles 60s uh, love and peace and psychedelic kinds of references so we're looking very forward to that and um, oftentimes artists who show we generally have about 50 artists in the garden that day uh, showing and selling their work and everything is available uh, for people to purchase so um, we hope you'll save the date Saturday September 7th for Art in the Garden at the Sunken Gardens and um, please continue to join us here on Art Talk Live. That's kzum.org forward slash Art Talk Live. And don't forget to express your appreciation to KZM for KZUM for all their wonderful um, broadcasting. 
and make your donations on the KZUM website. Well, this is Lynette Fast, and let's uh, return to our visit with Karen Thurlow and talk a little bit more about what are some of those important uh, aspects of an artist really doing their thing, having their own voice. Um, you obviously have had to learn more than just having your own voice. Uh, Karen is very versatile in mediums. Uh, sometimes I think she prefers acrylics. Sometimes she might prefer watercolors. Uh, you know, it just, it varies around. And you've had so many wonderful experiences with artists along your lifetime. I know that when that happens with me, I pick up bits and pieces along the way and I take what I like and then start to work and incorporate that into my work. Let's start to describe more about your work and what are the bits and pieces that you find you have picked up and carried along your way. Well, as I had mentioned, I started out uh, with oil. I did oil a lot of years. And then uh, watercolor came in very popular, so I knew I had to do that. Completely a different uh, mindset than oil. And, and I like that also. And um, now I work pretty much exclusively in acrylic. And uh, I was working in watercolor, and at that time in my life, I think it was in the 90s, uh, I and an artist friend started a business uh, doing murals on people's mm -hmm. walls and businesses and such. And uh, I don't know, it was just dumb luck because we decided we wanted to do this and wanted to paint big. And it just happened to be at a time period when it was so extremely popular for people to have things painted on their walls. Uh, we didn't get into it because we heard that was the case, but we got into it and, they, and we said, well, do you think anybody well, we started out painting in our own uh, homes and such and painting vines over the windows and, and whatever. And um, anyway, in the process of this, uh, an interior decorator who was in our town had heard about what we were doing and she said, I have jobs for you if you want to do them. So we did. We went to a lot of houses and did a lot of things. Um, I, you, the only thing I think I haven't painted on a wall is a nude. And, but I would, but I haven't. But I painted all kinds of landscapes, all kinds of flowers. And, and it wasn't always a whole wall. Sometimes it was a little bit over the top of a doorway, over a cupboard. Uh, just little spot art. I even painted a, um, it, it, well, I painted it to look like a shelf on a wall mm -hmm. and then put things on the shelf. Mm -hmm. Because why they didn't put a shelf there, I don't know, but they paid me so I didn't really care. <laughs> and I've painted windows. I painted on walls over a kitchen sink. She said, I don't know why they didn't put a window here. Could you paint a window? So I did. And she had a lovely backyard. 
so went out, took pictures of her backyard, and painted her backyard so she could look out her backyard. <laughs> I love it. And so I have a, a, a lot of stories like that uh, when we were doing that type of thing, and we've even done some show how homes and that type of thing. Um, when they build a new home, uh, I can't think what they call that in Omaha, and I don't even know if they do it anymore, but... Uh, they build a whole track of new homes, and then one particular designer would go in and uh, decorate that home. So I've done walls in homes like that, and and other places, businesses, and such, and did that for oh maybe about ten years or so. But it helped me a lot with my uh, what I called my real artwork. And at one point, I asked uh, an artist friend of mine, a very accomplished artist, and uh, I said, how come uh, I, my paintings are not getting noticed? They just don't seem to be too sharp. And he said, well, I was looking at your portfolio, and if you look at all of these things you did on walls, they are. And he said, why do you think that is? And I said, well, I don't know. I said, that, those paintings were all done with acrylic. And he said, well, what are your paintings? And he, I said, well, they're watercolors or oils. And he said, maybe you ought to start doing your artwork with acrylic. Mm. And that was a big aha moment for me. And I did. And I thought, oh, <laughs> there you go. I never thought of that. So that was a big moment in my life, and it was a fellow artist who helped me out with it. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's most of my friends are artists, mm -hmm. and uh, we get along great because we all have that uh, right side of the brain thinking, I guess. <laughs> and so I have learned a lot just from my artist friends. Mm -hmm. So many things to learn, uh, not I mean about life too, because yeah, yeah. as you said, we might be that weird kid that doesn't fit in. Well, we find the other weird kids well, that don't we fit found out in. It was all the others that were weird were the normal ones. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, we had to find our place. And you know, you have joined several artist communities in oh. galleries. Yes. And that is a good way of finding the other weird kids. Yes. Tell us about your experiences in galleries and, and where you have your work. And well, I've been here at The Noise over 20 years, mm -hmm. and it's been a very good experience for me. Before that, I, well, I have belonged to the Fremont Area Art Association for, well, since the 70s. Mm -hmm. And so a very long time. And I've done a lot of things with that organization that was not painting. Uh, I've probably held every office there was to hold there. I've been on our board of directors on three different occasions, with each occasion being like six years. Mm -hmm. And then they'd uh, give me a break, and then they think I forgot about it, and then they'd ask me to be on again. <laughs> And, but I think I'm really done now. 
<laughs> and uh, I have belonged to the ANEC organization, which is the Nebraska Art Clubs, uh -huh. for many, many well, as many years as I've been a member of the Fremont. And uh, I've been on the exhibit committee with that group. I got asked, oh, quite a few years ago, and I thought, oh, I don't know how I can do that. But I did. And then a few years later, they asked me to be president, and I said no. And um, actually, our club that year was having the conference in our town, and I was chairman. And I said, I can't possibly be president of ANAC and also do that. So they said, well, okay. And so next time around, they ask again. And so I said, well, okay. So I have been president of that. And it was a very good experience for me. And it also helped my artwork because you get into the business part of art. Mm -hmm. And I learned that I could stand up in front of a group of a hundred so people and, and talk. And I didn't die. <laughs> and so those experiences have helped me in my art also, mm -hmm. and also gives me more confidence that I can get out there. It's still not my favorite thing to do. I'd rather be holed up in my basement painting mm -hmm. and a little unnamed man come pick them up and go sell them for me. <laughs> but I don't have one of those, so you have to get out and sell your own self. Yeah, yeah. And that's, uh, if you want to be a successful artist, you have to do that. Uh, you have to get over, well... It, it's not really that good. <laughs> and you have to get out there and say, this is my artwork. This is what I am selling. Mm -hmm. And be confident. Mm -hmm. It's as important as the painting, which mm -hmm. I'm still trying to convince myself <laughs> of. <laughs> well, please come into Noya's Art Gallery at 119 South 9th Street and see Karen Thurlow's work. It's here every day, and I know in Fremont also, and she does other shows around the uh, Nebraska community too. Um, like we mentioned, uh, like uh, Karen mentioned, the Association of Nebraska Art Clubs, ANAC, uh, is one of the only state art clubs in the whole United States. Yes. And it is a group of artists who are a member in a gallery, and then the gallery can join the state club, which makes you a member of the state club. And it's a wonderful association to learn from one another. There are conferences to um, once a year to learn from other artists, to show your work, to have your work juried into a show, and... Um, get to know people like you said the opportunities for the professionalism and the business end of being an artist are a very important part to get your work out there and mm -hmm. and meet other artists and learn from other artists absolutely well uh karen we have had an amazing 
memory lane down here of going through your background and and thinking about the wonderful journey that you have been on. Let's describe your work and talk about what people would see now. You know, if they came into Noise Art Gallery and wanted to see what you were doing or walk into the Fremont uh, Guild Gallery, what's going to be there? Well, they're going to be acrylics <laughs> and uh, of different sizes. And I, I work, uh, I guess you would uh, call my work Impressionism. I do a lot of abstract also. However, I usually have to have a bit of realism in my abstract. Uh, it's just me. And I think uh, at one time I was taking a class from an artist who was uh, abstract. And I said, I, I want to do abstract, but I really want to introduce a bit of realism. And she said, you can't do it. <laughs> So I guess I had to prove her wrong. <laughs> I can do whatever I want, mm -hmm. and I will. Mm -hmm. And it's been fairly successful. Uh, what I have here now is more realism, mm -hmm. and it does have people in it. It was one of my last series. I do paint in series. I don't make a habit. I don't do this uh, intentionally, but it. I think you just have to get it out of your system. So you kind of keep painting the same subject matter over and over in different ways. And I suggest everybody do that. It makes you a better artist. So the artwork I have here uh, do have figures in them. I wouldn't call them uh, realism. Uh, they're very impressionistic, but that kind of is where I'm at. And I started out with figures and people. And uh, although I abandoned that for a while, do other things, I always go back to it, and I probably always will. And I know this serious series I'm doing, uh, which I'm about through it, I'm about ready for something new. But is probably not going to be that saleable, but I have to do it. And I need to stay true to what I need to do. And who knows, maybe it'll help me out in my next series. Mm -hmm. And, but I hope you come and see it and enjoy it. And I get a kick out of listening to people talk about the story that I'm telling. And I'm thinking, no, it's nothing like that. But I want everybody to have their own story with my artwork. I, it, I wanted to make it about you, not me. It doesn't matter what my story is. I want it to be your story. And I feel like when I can do a piece of art and your story is there, then it's been successful. And that's what I'm doing. And capturing that audience. I, yes. You know, someone Their can story connect. is different. Yeah. And they yeah. might say, oh, that... That reminds me of my aunt. My aunt mm -hmm. used to that her posture everything. Mm -hmm. uh, how, do you know my aunt? And I say, well, no, but I know somebody like her. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. Well, you mentioned the Impressionism style. Yes. And your stylistic approach has a lot of that color, uh, which is the theory behind Impressionism, the stroke making, 
um, the visual kind of color blending yes, happens. Uh, softer. It's yeah. Softer than. And I'm not quite sure what realism is. I believe it's very popular right now. Mm-hmm. But I hate to hear anybody say, oh, it looks just like a photograph. And I'll say, no, it doesn't look like a photograph. It is better than a photograph. Mm-hmm. Realism is better than a mm-hmm. photograph. If it looks just like a photograph, everybody's going to know you painted it from a photograph. Mm-hmm. So uh-huh. don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of a source like that, you mentioned back in your history, you painted from a lot of photographs. Mm-hmm. What do you use as your subject references now? I use photographs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, photographs I, you no, take. I do, I do from life a lot, but I still use photographs. But you have to paint from life before you know how to paint from a mm-hmm. photograph. Mm-hmm. And just because the photograph has a windmill standing here or there doesn't mean you can't move it. That's what you do with your painting. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I can show you my reference photo and you'll say, well, you didn't do anything like what's there. I said, no, it's a reference. I'm not, if I wanted it to be exactly like that, I'd make another print of the photograph. So. All right. Well, we can see your work at Noya's Art Gallery. Uh, we're here Tuesdays through Saturdays, 10 to 5. And... We do have our first Fridays and our third Fridays where we are open extended hours till 830. Uh, Karen, do you have any uh, special showings or anything coming up that we should know about? Uh, right now, uh, no. I guess I, I don't. I did have a big show in Fremont last summer, mm-hmm. and I show my work, uh, well, just about any place that they invite me to. And sometimes mm-hmm. I go and say, please, please, can I have a show here? <laughs> yeah. So I have shows all over Nebraska. Right, right. Well, the ANAC conference uh, we mentioned is coming up yes. in Columbus, correct? Right. And I will have a couple of pieces in that show. Yeah, yeah. That show is coming right up. So this summer. I yes, guess I in should June. say. And very high quality work from across the state to it see. It is. So important it, it to is. go to that. Uh, you would be surprised what's going on in Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Artists that would come in to judge the show, I have heard so many times, and they always have to be not a Nebraska artist. Mm-hmm. So we get them from to all judge. over the United States. Mm-hmm. And the first comment, Usually is I had no idea this was going on in, in Nebraska. Nebraska. Awesome. On the East Coast, yes. On the West Coast, maybe, but not in the middle of the state. Wonderful. And so we're right up there. And I think it's because we keep in touch with each other, and mm-hmm. we're so in touch with what's going on. Right. Nebraska artists are some of the best because... Just, I've always, I've actually been to other states and and big art galleries, and they have nothing on us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're just as good. One of the speaking of Nebraska artists, one really interesting um, 
slant that's come up in the last few years are the plain air painters of Nebraska. Yes. And a lot of them are in conjunction with the Association of Nebraska Art Clubs group. Yes. There's several uh, little bevies uh -huh. of artists throughout Nebraska, and they go out and paint mm -hmm. in in the weather, in everything. Mm -hmm. And uh, the plein air, which is means painting outside, I believe. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a lot of groups, and if anybody's interested, I'm sure you can find one. Mm -hmm. uh, I myself am not. I have painted outside on occasion, and I guess I'm not much, and I loved it. Mm -hmm. But I don't do it regularly, but like I said, I really don't consider myself a landscape artist. Mm -hmm. If I did, I would certainly be out there more. Mm hmm but it's very, very popular right now. Yeah, yeah. Very and popular. As you were talking about, you know, painting from real life. Right. Um, you, and do? I know the plein air artists take photographs of everything where oh, they yes. sat that day and finish it in their yes. studio generally. Uh, yes. But observing, seeing it right in front of you is a lot different than a photograph. A lot different. And yeah. in my day when I did really do that more, what I did... I would paint a small painting, and a lot of the artists that do that nowadays, that's what they do, like an eight mm. by 10 or, mm -hmm. or small, small, and catch the light or the, what the general look is. But I would do that, I would do some sketching, I would make all kinds of notes about what colors I think I would mix to get this color of uh, grass. Mm -hmm. And I would take pictures, photographs, mm -hmm. take it all back to the studio and do the big painting from, I all, called all of that reference. Yes, yes. And that's the way I work plein air. Mm -hmm. But there is something to be said. There's a lot of good artists that will just go out mm -hmm. and paint a big, lovely Finish. painting. Uh -huh. Yeah, Not me, yeah. but they <laughs> yeah. do that. They're wonderful. Well, there are so many experiences in Nebraska. And uh, Karen's life really has gone through so many of the experiences that are in Nebraska to become an artist and to be oh, a part yes. of the arts community. So I think this has been a great opportunity for us to hear about that and the many different avenues and directions you can take to sneak into the art world and really bring your passion and the excitement that you have in your life about art uh, and make it all about it. Yes. Thank you so much for being with us today, Karen. Well, it was really enjoyable. Good. <laughs> Very good. Well, folks, and I do appreciate you joining and supporting us uh, so much of to listen in on Art Talk Live and our podcast partners at KZUM have been so supportive and continued to carry our program for years. So please stop by uh, Noise Art Gallery at 119 South 9th Street. Come to any of our events on first or third Friday. Maybe you want to come to Art in the Garden uh, Saturday, September 9th. Don't forget that date coming up pretty fast for us. And come and see the many artists that we have at Noise Art Gallery. We have about 125 represented all the time. Come back and see us again. This is Lynette Fast on Art Talk Live. This is Julia Noise from the Noise Art Gallery, and this has been Art Talk Live. I want to especially thank 
Lila Cho for her original violin composition that she did special for us. Tune in again. We'll be looking for you.